Enga mana enga reo, nau mai anō ki te hōtaka o te ahikā. Ko Justine Murray Ahau, ko tēnei te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. In the past few weeks, we've featured highlights on the show from authors and historians who have shared their insights and research into the New Zealand land wars. David Kukutai-Jones on rungoa Māori, or native plants used on the battlefield. And it's the oil that was rubbed onto the bodies. So this one here is the um, anaesthetic one. So you rub it on, can't feel anything. Uh, the other one is a healer. Academic Malcolm Mulholland on understanding the symbols of flags. So this one here is captured in Opotiki in 1866, uh, Papa Tupu near Waitotara in 1868 and Opipi in 1869. And you can see they're all different designs. But they are reasonably simple designs. And again, we all see the colour, uh, the use of the colour red. And in our recent episode of Tiahika, Dr. Vincent O'Malley discussed the need to change attitudes when it comes to learning about the history of the New Zealand land wars. And a mature nation, I think, takes ownership of its history. It doesn't just choose to pick out the good bits to remember. You've also got to acknowledge the bad stuff from your past as well. That's part of us as well. This week we join CEO of Te Wharanga o Awanuiarangi, Dr Wirimu Dohuti, who talks about one of the rituals practised by his people. Just when you're talking about some of the, the protocols and the issues that were went through, reminded me of my uh, mum's brothers when uh, they went across the left Ruatahuna to go through to join the Māori Battalion. And one of the things, the protocols that they had to do was each person who had signed up as part of the karakia, there was a mokomoko that used to live in the peach tree at Papueru. The mokomoko was on the tree, they'd put it on the, on the person's hand, and while they're doing their karakia, if the mokomoko sat there, you were all right. But if it started licking your hand, you were told not to go, because if you went, you wouldn't come back. Kwera te kaupapa e hariake nei, ko ngā whakaritenga o te pūtake o te riri. Coverage and highlights from the Te Pūtake o te riri Symposium about the New Zealand land walls. Here, Dr Wiremu Dohuti looks at the landscape and relationships of the New Zealand land walls in the tribal areas of Ngāti Awa and Tūhoi. I've kind of called it Three areas, really. One of them is tohu whenua, tohu whakatata. Sorry, tohu whenua, landmarks, tohu whakatata, relationship building, uh, tohu nohotahi. After the relationship building, what does that mean for us? And then the next thing is around tohu ho. Uh, so those are the, the four areas I want to talk around, around a, a landscape largely centred around notions of conflict. So I'm going to start with, back to where I've called our, uh, what I'm talking, tohu whenua, landmarks, and it's around our tribal pakanga. So I'm going to use examples. This particular koraua was a gentleman by the name of Tamatea Kaitaharua. Uh, those of you who are familiar with the landscape going into Ruatahuna, this is the main road. This particular point here is Tarapaunamu. It's a main, one of the main ridges you drop into, into the Ruatahuna Valley. This ridge line here runs from the back of the Te Uruwera, starting on the back of the Napier Taupo Highway, 
and it runs all the way through into Tāneatua. It's called the Ikafenua Range. This water shed here runs into the Rangitaiki. The other side runs into the Whakatāne. So we're up in the top, top of Te Uruwera. Now, Tamatea Kaitaharua is interesting because the naming of this particular point here has got a connection to Putawaki. So around at his time he was living there, he um, uh, speared a kereru, the tip of his uh, spear broke off, and he chased that kereru from here all the way through into Putawaki. And from that activity, that this particular point got named Tara Paunamu, where the Paunamu was um, inserted in the manu. So those of you with uh, anatomy, ask someone next to you to explain Tara if you don't know what that is, but in the sensitive part of the bird. Now, Tamatea, the other interesting thing with this particular koroa, he was, as you can see by the name, they called him Kaitaharua. So he would be with this hapu on that side of the valley, then he would be with this hapu on this side of the valley. Got to the particular point in time where the hapu got hoha. They got hoha with his fella, as one of the sayings we've got now, running with the foxes and hunting with the hounds. So, kahui they had a meeting, and so the meeting was decided that they needed to kill him. So where they did up this particular ridge, you can't quite see it, there's a ridge line here. This is called Pukeore, and they called it the Here Herenga. So at the Here, you can't see it, but there's this rata here is growing here. So they caught him, they tied him to this particular rata and killed him there. And again, so that particular from that particular point, this place here then took on the name the Here Herenga from that particular uh, activity that occurred around that particular pakanga. The other one that's not widely known is this whareenui here is Te Whaiatemotu in Ruatahuna. The genesis of this whare came out of the last pakanga between two wharetoa and two hoi. And it was between these two gentlemen here, Te Muwariki and Te Heuheu. So there was a particular whawhai that happened at Ōpape, and out of that uh, whawhai, the decision was made to cement the tatau paunamu, the peace between our two, our two iwi. Two whareitoas was to build a pātakakai. Uh, I'm not too sure where that pātakakai is, but the commitment that uh, Tūhoe gave was to build a whare, which was the genesis of te whaiatemotu. And it was later finished uh, by my koraua, some time afterwards when the, the Koti came back in after they finished the, um, the Raruraru around the country. So again, out of that conflict, we have this particular whare with its story now beginning to appear on our, on our landscape. And coming back to some of the, the, the things that Vince talked about, so not only did it leave indelible landmarks on our, on our landscape, but it also fed into our mātauranga. This particular... Wahino or hino made out of bread. This is a hino tree. This is a tarata. One of the things that they would do was the, the berries here, when they would um, when they ripen, they drop on the ground and they, they literally carpet the floor. Um, so when the hino along the floor, you want an easy place to go and get pigs, they're there. So they would harvest the hino berry, probably about the size of a grape, maybe a small grape. Very thin, fleshy part, the most Part of it is, is a kernel, is a hard little seed to it. They'd pound, bash the seed into a, into a flour consistency. They'd mix it with honey, mild honey, and they would wrap it with tarata. This is uh, the leaves. If you break the leaves, it's got a real strong lemony, so it gives a, 
a lemon infused into the breed. So that thing would create a breed, and it was a breed that they would tie into their model, and it was something that wouldn't go off. Uh, wouldn't get mouldy like our, our breed now. And it was an energy, it was an easy food that they could carry with them, they could store it, carry it, and then eat it on literally on the run. So again, not only was it putting landmarks onto our landscape and adding to our knowledge system, it was even how the practices of how we lived, engaged, and some of those practices that we, we still do today. So that's largely what I've, I've kind of loosely called that Nga Pakanga Wainganui Tata. And I alluded to yesterday in our pōhiri that one of the other things around whaka, uh, te whakatau i ngāriri to, to settle the, the grievances with whakapapa. There are many, many intermarriages between my particular hapu Ngāti Tāwhaki and Pukeko, and largely around the whawhai and the conflict that were occurring. So to cease and end the conflict, they arranged a whole lot of marriages to ensure that those things would not continue. So that was um, what I've kind of called tohu whenua, and there are landmarks wherever we go around that allude to that earlier period. Then coming into our, our contact first with the Crown, and I'm, I'm calling this tohu whakatata, and it's around that period where we were first, we'd had contact with each other, we had rubbed each other, we had annoyed each other, and invariably conflict now was beginning to occur. Now, again using Te Uruwera, around 1869, Te Kōti by this stage was well and truly in Te Uruwera, and the Crown for a number of years had been trying to find an avenue to come into Te Uruwera. So one of the, the, in 1869, they came up with this thing called the three-pronged attack. A party was to come in from Waikare Moana, one up through uh, St. John, Colonel St. John, up the Whakatane River, and Gilbert Mayer and Whitmore, who was following them, would come in through Murupara. And this is the, the part I want to talk about. Here's Murupara. They followed the Rangitaiki River, which comes out here into Matata. They had Fort Galatea. They came into Murupara. From Murupara here, they come up, they, uh, where are we? they follow the Firinaki River all the way up into here, into a place called Tefaiti, and then at Tefaiti, the Firinaki carries on up this way. They followed the Nōkahu River all the way up into this particular pathway. So when you drive State Highway 38 now into Ruatahuna, it is largely following those old trails that they, they had. So as they came in through here, following the Okahu River, came up through here, followed the Okahu River, the Fidinaki carries on up this way, followed the Okahu River up into here, and they arrived at, uh, at my home here in Laputahi, which is just over here. And as part of their conflict, this particular pakeke was killed. So this is the gateway into my house at Ngāpūtahi. So as they followed the Okahu, they then started following the stream here, the Manawahiwi. And at the Manawahiwi, sitting across on this ridge here, was my, they hadn't, well, obviously they hadn't, uh, the Koro and the Kuya hadn't got together. But uh, in the war party was my Koroa and his future mother-in-law in the war party sitting on the other side. Um, and they were watching... Whitmore and Mayor as they made their way up through through the valley. And again, through this pakanga, uh, this particular pakeke here was killed. This is out of uh, um, James Cowan's book, The New Zealand Wars. They were buried here for a little while, and then in the early 60s they were exhumed and taken back into Ratahuna where there's a memorial for them there. 
But again, adding another layer to our particular landscape and our history. If you drove through there, you wouldn't know half, as in many places, you wouldn't know half of the things that had, that had occurred in those places. Uh, yesterday, uh, Vincent talked about Orakau. Some of the connections in there just wanted to make the... I mean, we talk about going to Orakau today as uh, we're going to, to Waikato as, uh, what is it, two hours, three hours in the car. Uh, but back then, so going from there to there with no roads was a task in its, on its own. But however, that's where they, they went to. This particular papa here raised my mum's brother, who I'm named after. Uh, so Paitini went over, Paitini, his kuiyetawaiohine, a couple of others from family went over. And again, as Vincent talked around that particular battle, again, some, some fairly challenging things happened to us as an iwi. Uh, and again, we had a whole lot of pātere um, come out now, you know, defending nui hoki mai kuikiteaha, all those sorts of things added to our history. One of the other interesting things is this particular papa here came back from Manyapoto. And now, because of who he is, his name now sits within our family. He delivered my mum's older brother. His name was Hekerangi, so from there, the name Hekerangi sits with our family. And Hekerangi was the one who refused to listen to that mokomoko on his hand, who now lies in El Alamein. But again, through that particular conflict, we've got whakapapa between iwi, we now have a history that is a part of who we, who we are. I, some of the, the modern conflict, and John sitting here, you know, you're, um, our Vietnam vets, where I'm, I'm calling this tohu noho tahi. And I've translated Apida Nangata's phrase around the price of citizenship. It was that element to prove ourselves as worthy citizens of this country. Uh, even today in some, in some sectors, that's still not fully understood or supported. So it's, it's making the statement, and you've got to commend the, leader, the leadership of Apida Nangatanam at that particular time, making that decision to ensure that we were present. So then, places like Florence, how many of us have got aunties called Florence? Monte, Monte Casino, you know, Faenza, and this is Yudupad, Faenza, where when I walked in there, and I think just sitting over here is Henry Bird's brother, buried from Murupara, lying literally on the other side of the world with a whole lot of relations from, from Waimana sitting in that Urupa. But again, we begin to see, because of that particular conflict, we see the practices and the experiences that they're exposed to then come back and are folded into who we are. So the names is, is one that's important. We all and our families have names which we know connect back to these places. So as we've gone around how tohu whenua, uh, tohu whakatata, tohu nohotahi, it's around tohu ho, and it's alluding to the, to the, the notion of the many faces of conflict. Part of that is making this, this first statement here the Orako, the Iwi Pakanga. One of the things that's not widely understood, this particular Papa, uh, his name is Teanewa, he served at Orako. We were lucky to find that's his taiha that he had in Orako. 
which is still sitting in Te Papa, uh, which we're still negotiating to get back. But the interesting thing is I was raised by my kuia, who was raised by these people. So Te Anewa, uh, with Paitini, my mum who raised me was raised with them. So she grew up with a first-hand account of the conflict that occurred around these periods of time. They could even describe the, the sound that the musket ball made and the sound that a shotgun made. So this is my kuia who died four years ago, five years ago. So the thing is, when people talk about this as being a long time ago, it is still very live in our communities. Very, very much alive. And again, some of the, some of the reasons as to why these particular pakeke and this generation did what they did, when we look at today, is it fully resolved? Some days we wonder and think perhaps not. But the, I guess the the modus operandi of how we contest and how we challenge, thankfully, has changed. So again, it's, it's making that point that while people talk around, and as Vincent talked about, this uncomfortableness within talking about our history, a sense of it in there is that because it is still new, still very new. We still have people who, who, can give, who were raised with people who went through that conflict in a first-hand account. And again, coming back to some of the the, and I've just I've made a list here of some of the, the challenges that, that still face us, that are still notions of contested uh, elements with, with the Crown. Yesterday we, we heard the issues and the challenges around getting the New Zealand walls added into our New Zealand curriculum. When you pause and you think on that for a minute, it's absurd. It's absurd we have to go to this particular point in time to make that statement. And one of the things that reminds me of, I was... Uh, working in a school in West Auckland uh, for a number of years, and the, we didn't have enough students to uh, appoint a history teacher. So our students doing sixth form history, NCEA level two history, were doing it via correspondence, and then what they would do is they would write to the correspondence school, and they'd send all of the resources up, and then I would supply a teacher just simply to, to keep an eye on them, and they just pretty much uh, work their way through the workbooks because the workbooks were, were really well well made. These kids came to me, they had an idea, or well, they, they knew I was from, from Tuhoi, and they came to me and said, look, um, can you come and talk to our class about te rua? And I went, yep, no problem. So I went and I said, okay, what, what's the question? What are you working towards? What are you, you know, what's the, give me a little bit of context around how I'm going to, to talk about uh, te rua. They showed me the exam paper and I failed one of the fundamental things as a researcher. I should have kept a copy of the paper. This was written by the New Zealand Correspondence School, sent to all schools that were doing this particular achievement standard on history. The question was enemies of the state. It had a picture of Yasser Arafat, and I can't remember who the third one was, and Te Rua. And I said to them, enemy of the state, to whom? And again, these kids, and again, what alluded to me at that point was our kids didn't have the political literacy to see things that were wrong. And so we went through this whole process of saying, look, analyse the question. If we go through, and these kids were, as, you know, as, as we want our kids to do, 
they're following the curriculum through. They're trying to, you know, they're getting all of the evidence. They talked about the invasion of um, of uh, Maunga Pohatu, and then all of that. As I started sort of drawing through and talking through some of the issues that were in there, these kids began to see ah, something's not quite right. And again, just sitting behind Mark Weenie here, just talking about the uh, this particular bow here uh, is in reference to that. So. Uh, as I explained to the kids, one of the things that Tirua was, was accused of was sedition. And one of the key things was a flag, and that's that flag there. And the general sense of the flag was, um, I think it, it went something along the lines of one people, two laws, something along those lines. So that was a thing that the government of the day were taking Tirua through the mill and, um, and a number of other things, but that was, their, their, that was their key part of evidence. Thankfully for us, they didn't keep good records. Because that particular flag there was given by the governor set in New Zealand to Te Rua to Takangahau. The Prime Minister of the, of the day gave that flag to one of the rangatira of Mangapuahatu as a gift. <laughs> and then, so again, using any particular, I guess, avenue or vehicle to, to push an agenda through. So again, you know, when we, we talk about these things of today, largely talked around the inequalities of who we are in this particular country, we still have got a way to go. But within saying that, we've made some remarkable ground, we've made some remarkable things along the way, but we're still not quite there. At the moment, coming back to this particular sector, there are some massive changes going across the whole uh, polytech tertiary sector, which is even going to touch on schools, which is... Uh, suggesting that the removal of boards of trustees, uh, the disestablishment of 16 polytechnics, uh, the creation of one entity, all of these sorts of things are talking to some significant change. And the key part of that is what part do we as Māori say in there? When the statement is clear, we have a relationship with the Crown, hard fought for by these fellas, by John, by Vince and them, to ensure that that partnership remains intact. And what does partnership mean? It certainly does not mean our relationship with the Crown is defined on our areas of need. That's deficit thinking. We've got things that we want to add value in a positive way. So it's how do we then, and again, it's, it's having that reminder back to the Crown that we are in a partnership here. And please don't mix up this partnership with multiculturalism or biculturalism because the relationship is unique between Māori and the Crown. And the Crown, at times, is Māori against Māori. But the thing is, we're clear, it's Māori and the Crown. And that relationship is one that these Pakeke, the Pioneer Battalion in the 1418 War, the Second World War, Malaya, Vietnam, to the modern conflicts that Vince talked about, have been insisting that we are citizens of this country that have a unique set of relationships with the Crown. Now, the Crown get it, but we have to remind them and I guess and it's, it's having the ability and the lens and the history that connects back to the Orako, back to World War I, back to World War II, around those particular things as we, we move our way forward. Kia ora, tēnei te mihi kawatu, kia koe, Dr. Wiremu Dohuti. That was recorded at a recent New Zealand Land Wars Symposium, Te Pūtake o 
nā reire e tewi, kuera tō tātou nei wahanga o te ahika mō tēnei wiki. That's the show for another week. You can, of course, uh, subscribe via our mailing list to get a heads up on what's coming up on the show, teahika at rnz.co.nz. And you can download or subscribe to the podcast at iTunes or Spotify or wherever you access good podcasts. Me hoki mai koutou a te wiki e tu mai nei join teahika same time next week. Mauri tu, mauri ora. Chip off.